Yo, welcome to GMQ Review, where we review the best TV and film the world has to offer, and sometimes some other stuff too. Three, two, one. GQ review. What's going on, Grant? Not much, Quinn. What is going on with you? Not, not a lot. Really, not a lot because I've been in my house all day, every day, as is the yeah, rest I've of the been, world. I've been making an effort to go outside and work outside for a bit, and like my <laughs> lunch hours, like I haven't been really. You just work. You just eat lunch behind your computer most of the time. So I try to like, all right, you got to have 30 minutes, no work outside. Or I might start doing lunch yoga. I've been doing yoga after work, but I might start doing it during my lunch break. You know, you sound, you sound revitalize. Like people, you sound like those people online on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know if you've seen this sort of shit where they, you know, they, they post like their, their daily quarantine schedule, you know, like from 12 to 1 is for the heart. You know, you'll, you'll meditate and then from one to two is read a book like for the brain, revitalize the brain. Well, these people don't have jobs. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what the hell they do, but then people, uh, parodied them and posted like their own shit. So they post like a paragraph, like, Hey, the guys, this is really helping me through my like mental state. Here's my schedule. I hope this can help. And it'll be like, wake up at 10 o'clock from 10 to 12, like call of duty war zone. (laughs) 1230 start drinking <laughs> one o'clock play some more war zone <laughs> this is just satire yeah so i was laughing <laughs> at that good. yeah uh, but uh i don't I know i can't i'm i'm happy i i know we should dive into it into our movie yeah, at hand, yeah. but i'm happy i have work because to be off and be unemployed one you have anxiety probably because you don't have a job And then you're just sitting there and allowing yourself to like brew in your anxiety all day. Yeah, you can't really like hit hit the ground running, hit the pavement. You know, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna find a new job. You're like, nah, everything's closed. Uh, Yeah. Which yeah, that sucks. You're just then you're just stuck. So that's that's shitty. But we can get into that a little bit later, Grant. What are we What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about a classic. Some say the best movie of all time. What? A lot of people say that this is Gone Girl? this director's masterpiece. And we're talking about Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. And what is this movie about, Grant? Pulp Fiction. Um, I don't even know. The Lives? What, I think I read it before. It was a bad description. There's no real way to describe this film. Let's see. A 1994 American crime film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino who conceived it with Roger Avery. So it stars John Travolta, um, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth, Ving Rams, and Uma Thurman. Um, it tells several stories of criminal Los Angeles. And the title refers to pulp magazines and hard-boiled crime novels popular during the mid-20th century, known for their graphic violence and punchy dialogue. Damn. Yeah, and first, right off the bat, if we you are hearing any audio issues, it may be to our maybe due to our quarantined state. You know, we're not in the the normal 
state of things. So if there's a little hiccup or a little blip, we apologize from the bottom of our hearts. But anyways, back to the movie. It's a work in progress. It's a work. It's always a work in progress. <laughs> uh, you've seen this movie before, Grant, I'm guessing? Yes. Um, a while ago, probably four years ago, maybe. Okay. I think I've seen this movie once before. I think I actually watched it either, uh, I think probably it was two years ago. And I completely forgot everything that happened. I mean, I was convinced going into it. I forgot it, pretty much everything yeah, I that was happened. like, I don't. There are some pretty notable and memorable and iconic scenes, but the story as a whole really, I did not, I didn't remember a thing. <laughs> I remembered her snorting heroin and overdosing. I knew mm. that was coming the whole time. That's the I, only thing I remember, though. <laughs> yeah, and then they, I think I remembered that they took her to the that guy's house. I guess it's a, or, no, 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 that's the drug dealer. I'm confusing the drug dealer with actually Quentin Tarantino. Lance or Vance or something. Whatever his name was. Yeah. Um. So what'd you think, Grant? Um. What did I think? It was good. It's a, it's a good film. Um, it's hard to talk about this film without all the hype surrounding it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to remove it from its reputation. It's got a, it's got a lot riding on it. it it's got a lot riding on some it. Some heavy it, weight. Its reputation precedes it in a lot of ways. And I think as a film, watching it now, I wasn't completely blown away. That doesn't mean I didn't think it was entertaining throughout. That doesn't mean I, I don't think it was a great film. I did in, thoroughly enjoy it. I just wasn't blown away. And then reading more about it through an analysis and stuff like that, I was more, it, it grew on me more and more. And the fact that it was made in 1994 to me is crazy. This did not seem, this seems like a film that could come out, you know, tomorrow. Yeah, it was. I think it was pretty ahead of its time. I'm with you there. I was. I don't know. I don't want to say I was bored. It's definitely a little underwhelming. Uh, it's very. It's, it's dialogue unique. focused. <laughs> right. It's very <laughs> dialogue focused. There's not this the, the story doesn't really matter. And I think, what Tarantino was trying to do is is. Do the opposite. Or, or add depth to pulp fictions and um, pulp magazines that it's the, that's what the film's about mm-hmm. so taking these um, archetypes of the mobster the mobster's bo- I mean wife right the, the mobster boss the mobster boss's wife you have the actual mobsters with um, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson you have like this you know crazy drug dealer kind of white guy you know just like hippie um you got the boxer which butch all these archetypes and he did a great job of adding depth to each one so they didn't feel like cookie cutter at all they felt like they all were very unique characters and besides maybe the mobster boss 
Morelli's <laughs> didn't seem like he had that much depth. But you know what I'm saying? Like they through dialogue, you kind of got to understand the nuances of all the characters, which is something that's not brought out in any pulp magazine. And I think that's what his project was with this film. Right. It seems taken for granted today because it's been copied to death. But that's the reason why the the Royale with cheese line comes up so often is that you really never expect some mobsters talking about McDonald's in, in France or in Europe. So yeah. it, it adds a twist to it that yeah, I guess wasn't wasn't around at that time. I think we were talking about Rocky a while back, and I don't think you we were. I liked the movie just as a movie, but I don't think you were that impressed with it because it's hard to put yourself there, like at the release of the movie, and to compare it to what was being released the, at the time. The impact it had too. Mm-hmm. Following the film. Did you notice, I, I thought this was a reference to Rocky, speaking of Rocky, was the boxer's name, uh, girlfriend's name was Fabian, and he kept on saying, like, Fabian, Fabian, like he was yelling at, like, Adrian in Rocky. Oh, I, I didn't even notice that. That's Yeah, that's... I caught, I was like, that's definitely an homage to yeah, Fabian. Fabian. <laughs> like, when he was on the chopper the motorcycle and he's calling her out and yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. saying and he's saying it like in a slurred like kind of like not his normal voice like <laughs> like uh sylvester stallone's voice damn i didn't even think about that yeah no i'll definitely put that that clip in that's that's kind of cool yeah and i think uh in terms of the dialogue i would say if not every line nearly every every line you know if not everyone almost all of them played a role in the film and had some sort of impact they weren't just filler ever the dialogue mm-hmm. always had meaning to it and i think that's if you're not if you're more of a plot based kind of viewer this film probably is not for you if you enjoy audio i mean um characters and you enjoy you know, a, a character driven and, and dialogue and kind of going on the, you know, mm-hmm. getting to know the characters, then you would probably enjoy this film a lot. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason why I totally forgot that I've definitely like seen this movie. I don't know, at least once, maybe twice is that as far as plot goes, it, it just doesn't, you're not like remembering it and you're thinking, Oh, remember when that guy did that? I mean, maybe you are for some scenes and some scenes are pretty, pretty out there. It's more like, remember when this guy said this in this scene, like the lines are famous. The actions are not trying to think of some of the actions. I guess when, um, they get taken hostage by the oh my the, god the shop i forgot owner. that scene completely i, I totally forgot i was that like scene. oh man and, and then they, i mean they, they they're explicit with it because they go back he goes back to save marcellus wallace and like they're he's gagged up <laughs> they're just he's backed up in the, in the back room <laughs> yeah. and it's uh yeah i completely forgot about that 
Yeah, I think, and I'm thinking about it now. I guess they didn't have that many scenes with uh, Morales and um, what's her name? His wife? I want to say Mira. What's his wife's name? Mia. Yeah. Mia. Um, they didn't have that much scene, so I they didn't have a clear arc, but I think everyone else did, even if it was a small arc, um, in terms of Bruce Willis, John Travolta, and Samuel L. Jackson. They... Uh, well, maybe I'll take this back. Samuel L. Jackson, for sure, and Bruce Willis, right? They kind of came around. Bruce Willis could have left Morales, like you're saying, and he went back for him, maybe out of selfishness, mm -hmm. because he knew if he got him free, he probably... uh, It was half yeah. he knew that he probably would get off, and the other half, he was that could have been him. It was right. just luck it was just... that it was not him. And to be in that setting, like that your adrenaline rushing and, and you just get out of sheer luck. You have a lot of empathy for someone who got the unlucky deal. Um, yeah. I don't know what really drove him. I mean, there's a lot of factors. There's the, I hate this dude. I want to get back at him. There's, Oh, I could help out uh, Marcellus and that would help me because I'm kind of on thin ice They're looking for me or he's trying to be a nice guy. Um, I forgot Christopher Walken's in this movie. <laughs> like when he, he's yeah. like t telling him building the backstory behind why the watch is so important. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of big names in this movie too. <laughs> I mean, for, for today's time, I don't know. They're probably still yeah, no, there's a big lot. In, back in the day. I also saw that, I, uh, in the very beginning, I mean, they're they're really pushing like Miramax films, and I was like, where where is that from again? I was like, I've heard that Miramax films, and of course, that's the movie film company that Harvey Weinstein created with his brother. Oh, I, think I they, saw Weinstein's name at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, they just straight up created that um, that entertainment company. I think they got sold to, to Disney down the line. I don't, I don't think he has any involvement in it anymore. But wow, I mean that's a huge name, and it's attached to Pulp Fiction. I don't know, a little little fun fact. Yeah, I was so I was reading about it, and and one of the cool things I think Tarantino was trying to do was to tie older films into um, the new age and with the music and the themes um he was able to do that i think especially like those small things you know you we were just talking about miramax at the beginning well the, the credits showing the credits first is something that's not done anymore but that's how all films used to be showed right um and and i think you know he's pulling that in the music sounded very much throughout as old films and it's kind of has I don't want to say Western vibe, but it kind of did at some parts where it felt Western-y um, and calling back to that kind of era of cinema along with, it was just a modern twist to it, especially in 1994. Yeah, I could see that. It's sort of a Western vibe. I don't know how common the uh, non-chronological split story stuff was. I don't know if that was... People were saying that's a big impact that this film had was ma making that more common. 
And I will tell you that's a very hard feat to do. Um, in yeah, I would film. I would, yeah, I would because I mean we're already thinking it's a little confusing, not confusing, but there that common arc you see you, you're you're not resonating with it because it's a little out of place. And if you really mess it, it'd be very easy to just totally mess it up and you'd finish watching the film and be like, what the hell? Like, this is just I have, like stupid. no satisfaction yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Like why that they ended it. <laughs> I don't know. They're at dinner. Well, I think it's, the movie. it's also known for having that. I forget. I think it has a, a, a name, the actual term? technique of starting the film with a scene divulging, playing out a ton of different scenes and then ending in that same time and scene with the uh, diner so you're saying it, it ended where it started or it didn't end yes where... the first scene was the diner scene yes and it ended in the diner i just i i don't know what i'd call it just full circle full circle ending full circle know. yes i like that i think i learned that in english class one day ap lit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when the climax of falling action returns to the same scene, place, or theme in which the narrative began. I learned some things in school. I didn't know. I took a note. Um, yeah. Hit he did something where the he did different acts um, and storylines, and, and he would name them. I think the beginning well, it was like Vincent um, and Mia. Okay. Yeah. And that immediately... Um, made me think of another film we watched, which was Amor Asperos, Yes, which was three separate stories of pairs of characters, and that I'm didn't sure have now, anything in common, right? What do you mean? Oh, no. I think they drew that from Tarantino. It was six years later, and this is like a cult. If you're any, if you're making a film, I'm sure this is. On, on you know in in the back of your head well, i don't know if that would come, go back even further to i mean just like a play in general you know where you have named acts oh. of plays or any, any sort of literature or stories i mean like you think of yeah. shakespearean shit you might have different acts or arcs that have names but it could have been a consideration yeah, I'm not you don't sure. See it, you don't see it that much in, in You don't see it that much in film. Film, right. Um, and I think in plays, it's just act one, act two, act three. I don't know if they're named necessarily. Where? In in what film? In, in Amor's Pearls? Oh, in, in plays. plays. In general, right? I think it's just acts. Yeah, I don't know if they have names. Or act one, act one, act two. Right. The other thing, I have a question. Yeah. Do you know yeah. when this film was supposed to take place? Ooh, that's a good. It's a good question. Let me think about this. So they did have the kind of the old-fashioned, fancy cell phones. So there were times they were in the car and or something, and they pulled out the giant, the giant brick antenna too. Inten- to with the antenna. With antenna. <laughs> so I, I mean. I guess it would have taken, but taking place in kind of modern day, maybe a little five years earlier. So maybe nineteen, if it came out in nineteen ninety four, maybe nineteen ninety or something. Yeah. 
Is that true? I was just I, I was curious the the bar that Vincent and Mia went to was a kind of a timeless I mean the bar was was themed off of Elvis and in, in that time and, and Marilyn Monroe and, and old famous actors. Right. Um but it was a super I, I was wondering if that bar scene was based off of real bar or that was all made up because that's a pretty cool thing to completely make up. Um, like I don't the, know. That whole scene, like, like the bar? dancing scene yeah. was very, yeah. Do the twist. There was some good dancing. I liked, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Travolta. He was getting down, man. Yeah, it was good. I noticed in the, how far film has come. I think there's a point in the middle of the film where they're in the car, or I think it's when Butch is in the car and they're driving. And if you look at the background of the car, it's like the fakest shit you've ever seen. <laughs> I think they're just like moving a background or something to s- simulate the the car the ca- moving, the cab. Yeah. And I, I noticed that as well. <laughs> I'm sure they could have done a better job at that time. I think so. And it was like purposeful for some reason. It could have been, yeah. I don't... It, usually I don't notice some of that shit. Like when people talk about, oh, like this you know is what? fake. Yeah, what's up? Isn't there a 19... Yeah, 1976 film Taxi Driver. Maybe it's a reference to a scene in there. 1976? You... Yeah, well, Taxi Driver is a really famous film. I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, it's like really famous. I don't. It could just be. And it could be. The same way they did it or something like taxi. I don't driver. know. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of nuggets in here and Easter eggs. Yeah. I throughout mean, the film, it could have just sh- been they were low on budget. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like everyone was tired that day, and no one. I mean, which is also the reality. So yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, some people beat themselves up over like I gotta figure out the truth. Like, why did they do it that way? What does that mean? But you know, sometimes, uh, shit. The art director was a little lazy. <laughs> he was going through a divorce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the uh, CGI guy, effects guy, was sick. Yeah, he was sick. He was coughing. He had he had uh, not swine SARS. flu. Maybe something that was yeah. Maybe he had <laughs> some SARS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's. It's a good movie, Pulp Fiction. It's a great movie. I think it's a great movie. It's, it's a I, yes, it's a great <laughs> movie. It's hard, but if you ask me, hey Quinn, do you want to watch Pulp Fiction? I'd be like, ah, you know, I just saw it. I did a did a podcast on it. Let's can we give it, it a few years? Yeah, we made a few years. I need a, a pretty. It's like fine wine. Uh. I will say, thinking back on some of the scenes, I mean, they stick in your your mind more than other films. Like, what I was just describing, that bar scene, is, like, very iconic in my head already. Um, and so maybe, I mean, it's written in such a way that every scene is, you know, maybe we'll like it in a month, even more. Yeah, I, it's it's slow. Like you said, a lot of focus burner. on the dialogue. So you're you're in you're in those scenes for a longer period. So that may be why you're thinking about 
them more and they're cool scenes like they're they're in interesting places and all very unique too in a way that they could come from different films each act per se each act could almost be its own film each situation that yeah, plays out a series of uh, short films <laughs> yeah it's almost like that we'll, um, we'll tell tarantino himself we'll be like you know what we really liked what you did with pulp fiction but you know what would have been even better well, <laughs> series split short it up films. split it up you know you're trying to do too much you know like when you're editing and yeah yeah uh you cut yeah that's just cut your film <laughs> need to do that more <laughs> Oh, well, we, we that's all this. I have. Yeah, we do this podcast. We, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have. I, I don't know. I didn't have a lot of notes or observations. I was just I kind of just watched it and uh, enjoyed let it. it. Let it soak in. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, well, before we yeah. do our patented review. Oh yeah! Shit. Forgot about um, that one. Let's talk about the times. The times oh, the is times. work from home. Work from home. And the time I, is. I don't know how uh, do it, man. You okay. don't. Do you not enjoy it? Okay, I don't. Th- I think. I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm still in the the period of determination. I just don't. I feel like I haven't done anything all day, because previously I'd be. There's a lot of movement. You know, I'm walking to the train. You know, do a little walk after lunch. I feel like I'm outside. I don't. You know, I'm downtown now. I don't necessarily like going outside just for fun, especially if there's no one else out. Like it's it's not nice to take. There's no peaceful walks. You know, there's um. I don't know. I I feel like I'm still getting used to it. I guess. Yeah, and I think it's it's the way your company handles it. For me, I'm working from a company that has been working from home from the start, and I think if you have a a company that's um, has been built off of that, built off of working from home. It works really well if you take into consideration of how you do work. Most businesses now are in a in a transition period where they're trying to do what they did in the office at home. That's yeah. not how it should be set up. I mean, you got to start somewhere. That's where you got to start, but in terms of there's just a lot of ways, um, at least I think that are small for me that that I've never noticed because I've never worked for a traditional office setting. I've only done work from home. I had an office to go into if I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I mean, your schedule is never really being changed. People can add if people want to meet with you, they'll ping you. They'll never just call you straight up. I know I'm talking to a friend of ours. And he would have he's like, people just calling him <laughs> like throughout, like he's on call at home yeah, for eight yeah. hours. That to me sounds miserable. That does not happen. Text like, hey, can we chat or something? Yeah, like, are you free? <laughs> and you don't have to respond to that for, if you're not free, you don't respond to that for 45 minutes. It doesn't matter. They're doing other stuff. There's sort of trust already built, I think, in my job because they know, you know, this is what we find out for, this is what we're doing. And I, I think that trust is still being worked out with a lot of places. Well, I think in the previous example you mentioned, I don't know if it's necessarily trust. It's more of a matter of urgency and this needs to get done. So I'm going to call you. It's, I don't think they're worried about you slacking and you're not like there. It's like, I, 
we're going to have to call no matter what. So I might as well just hit the call button uh, to start off with because you should just be at uh, work. It'd be the same as just walking up to you, walking up to your uh, desk. But it is. That's a little. Rules are a little different online. I prefer. I guess, said, but it's hey. interesting. It's like the office setting in general. Um you feel more productive, but I don't know if you are and allowing people to have their own schedule. Um, if I wanted to, I could just block off, you know, two hours of lunch and just work an hour later. Right. I can do that. It doesn't really matter as long as I get my work done. Um, and that flexibility, I think really shows the strengths of working from home. You can't just mimic what, how offices work and then just put someone in the computer, you know, in front of their computer at home and be on call all day, that's stressful. That's not going to be nice. Like, Yeah, it also depends on the nature of your work. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you can do a lot of individual work that doesn't really rely on other people, but if you're, you know, I'm on a team and... 90% 90% of my day is like, I'm with the team. We're doing team shit. Um, and when you're oh, not... Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know your workflow. but I mean, you're still doing individual stuff. You, you are? You have to be. Are you pure programming? Our team is not currently. Or at least there may have been some work. I think more people are doing other things. But it's... It's just a different atmosphere. Like when you say work as a team though, like team tasks. What's a team task? It's it's more like team problem solving. You know, some some shit'll go wrong and then you gotta get it's it's nice to get the whole team together to look at a problem. Sure. There's, so you jump on a call, right? In a video call. No no no. Well uh, without going into too many boring details, we have a lot of like mob stations set up at our place. So it's like a giant, like 70 inch television. It's kind of hooked up or like two of them. And then you could fit like five or six people at that station. And you get like a few different eyes on a problem. And you just kind of eliminate all this bullshit of like, oh, what if we, what if I try all these random things that aren't really going to work? It's kind of like uh, the power of the crowd, the power of the group. Yeah, but, okay, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, for us, that to me sounds like what I do every day is, like, if we have we have group activities, right? You're on a team. You have stuff that you need input from every role in the team. You know, like, I'm, I'm coming from very business requirements standpoint. Yeah. While we have people who are way more technical who have been in the Salesforce system forever. And before I make a decision, I, I need technical people to see it so i mean i'll share my screen and we'll go over the problem at hand we'll discuss it we'll map stuff out type stuff out um lucid chart we use a ton for for mapping diagrams it's basically you know using a whiteboard and from there that's team collaboration i think you can problem solve right yeah i i think it's just the methods aren't there yet right and it's probably just something we have to get better at or get more used to but there's also a lot of the, the team camaraderie that you know we get in lunch and kind of bullshitting together to, you know you build trust and you have a more a closer relationship with your co-workers 
that I think translates into better or more efficient work, but eh, you win some, you lose some. I agree with that. I think um, the team members I work the best with are ones I've met and worked with in person person for a week or two at least. Yeah, but I, I will say as a update to, I think, my last podcast where I said Yosemite was canceled, you know, COVID killed Yosemite. It actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. COVID killed it. Quinn revived it. That's right. I was like, wait, why can I not just uh, get an Airbnb and still go? Which turned out to be the move. It was a little bit more expensive. So I ended up booking that. Because right before I left, they they closed down the campgrounds. So there's no camping allowed. Like, honestly, the only thing that was open was the trails. Like, you get in the park and go on the trails. That's it. Everything else closed. No buses, no camping, no dining, no lodging. Okay. And so there's a little private development near the park that people rent out, like, lodges and rooms. And we ended up going with that for, I guess... Yeah, four nights or something. And that was way better for the misses, of course. I didn't really care. I didn't care for it in like, oh, shitty like tent. instead of roughing it out. <laughs> yeah, instead of roughing it out. Because I realized, I was like, oh, like, oh, here's a TV and we can just chill and there's a bed. The the tent was really uh, just one, really just one step above like actual camping. So, no, it turned out to be great. There's nobody there quiet park beautiful i mean it really just helps you take your mind off things and it's the most the craziest part was on the last day the parks shut down so they said oh now the height like then yosemite national park is closed the trails are closed trails are closed you can the the gates are being enforced you're not allowed in and we're like fuck like we still have one more day like what are we gonna what are we gonna do but then I realized we're already in the park. You know, the the, the, the private residence is located like, at a spot inside the park. So they're enforcing the gates outside. We're inside the park. So I was like, let's just let's go hiking. <laughs> and so Private we, access. We went down there. I saw like, a, I don't know, three, four people max. Just walked around the whole day. Didn't see any rangers. Did some hiking. I mean, it was crazy. There's nobody there. That like, is crazy. Probably one of the. I mean, you're just. We had. We didn't do anything too crazy, but we got to some sort of peak and just kind of like chilled there for an hour or so. And it's just so quiet. Fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, I know. I need to head out. I want to. PCT is is a goal of mine at some point. Like the whole PCT. The yeah, Pacific that Coast or Trail. Yeah. Isn't that take months or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like, I mean, that's like the pinnacle of, of hiking, I think, or something shit like that. It takes probably like three months. I mean, you'd have to take, you'd have to like quit your job. You'd quit your job. Bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to do. Or you could do the podcast on the road with the help of our many sponsors. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So yeah, it turned out pretty chill. Anything up with you, Grant? No. Um, that's a good update. I'm jealous. I need more uh, yeah, man. 
outdoor activity. I, the parks by our place, um, our house, are very packed right now. In There's a lot of people going Cleveland? there. In Cleveland, okay. Yeah. They still. There's still people, I guess. Still, I guess. Is There's it still, still people. There's still dogs. People but they're packed because that's like the the last thing people can do. And they're like, "Fuck, I guess we'll go to the park and well, walk around." I mean, how how many percentage of jobs is the service industry? Well, you know, I, that's. I think unemployment yeah. gets released uh, tomorrow or either today. I don't know. Maybe it already got you, released. You ready? You excited for that check? <laughs> I had it. Our government's so fucked up, man. Like I. I should not be getting a check. I should not be getting a check. But I'm gonna be getting a check, and I'm gonna take that check. Um, yeah, I think me and you both. Yeah, I understand if you're depl- if you declare it unemployment, give them the check. No, they're like, this is some, this is Yang Gang, isn't the, this is what you want, Grant? This is Yang Gang. It's not. It's once though, right? It's not yes, every month. It's, it's two trillion dollars one time. <laughs> um, That's insane. Yeah, I think that's all uh, set, in, set in stone. I don't know how that even works. Is it just going to show up in my bank account? Whatever I, I use no to file my taxes, they'll I guess. find you. They'll find some dude's going to knock on my door. Well, I mean, me. I, at least you just did tax returns. Yeah. So you did direct deposit link. Yeah. What, what I read is they were going to base it off of either your 2019 taxes or if you didn't, then your 2018 taxes. Yeah, and I so I just joined the workforce, yep. and people who did not fill out their taxes now, it's based off their last year taxes. <laughs> so if you were declared a dependent, like yeah. by your parents or something, you yeah. just don't get anything. <laughs> you, oh, so that's, that's what you get for not filing taxes. Six. I guess could it? Don't you still? What if I filed them right now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's the government. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah. What time is it, Quinn? It's time for the patented Gene Q review, where we decide whether the true rating of Pulp Fiction is over or under its IMDb rating. And oh god, it's high. Eight point nine. That's pretty high. That's high. I mean, that's number eight of all time on our list. I wish, you know, I I think I'm not there yet as an audience maybe. As a, as a I don't person. I think it's as it's a, on me. It's on me why I don't it, think this film is, is all... great. Yeah, I th- I think maybe. I don't know. I th- I think this film has it's a great film and there's probably nuances I haven't picked up on and maybe I don't know. I, I think I have some bias for any film that is hyped and this is probably i would say probably the most hyped film not in a bad way just like the most one of the most talked about films ever um more so than fight club right it's just like the film almost of america like in in recent since like the 90s you hear about it a lot yeah you hear about it so much and i and I think that ruined the film a little bit or it took away from the film. I don't want to say ruined the film because it's still a great film. And I like dialogue, but I can't get, I, I can't give it uh, over an eight, nine. So you're going to go under. I'm going under. I'm under as well. Put it out there. I don't. You were talking about how it's on you. 
to, I guess, figure it out or uh, like appreciate it more. And maybe some points apply, but I think there may be things that you just, you'll never really experience due to just, I don't know who you are, your age, what you've been through, what you know, your prior yeah. experiences. Um, well, imagine watching that in the film. I mean, yeah. in watching that film in the theaters, right? Theaters. Like, and then seeing how, like, everything, all the articles about it and all the reviews and how much praise it's getting, like, that in itself, I mean, it puts a stamp in history. And if you lived through that piece of history, I'm sure it has an impact in your head forever as, as one of the best film yeah. experiences. It's like the experience of Pulp Fiction, of, of being alive and watching it when, when it came out is probably insane. Um, I haven't lived it, and I won't be able to. What if, I mean, we're on this path, Grant. What if there are no more movie theaters in the future? You know, companies... Then are, cinema's dead. What? Cinema's dead. That's then cinema's right. dead. It's just released to directly... It's direct to, to laptop, to PC, and then you just watch it on your 13-inch MacBook Pro when it comes out, and then you have a virtual Zoom party with all your friends so that you guys that can all watch me. it. That hurts me inside. No, it's okay. You can wear headphones so you get that surround sound, and uh, <laughs> you can use your phone if for I, FaceTime. If I needed, <laughs> can I just pause it and get a drink? Yeah, that's the whole point. That's more convenient. You pause it whenever you want. You go to the bathroom, get a drink. Oh, that sounds fun. You can mute your friends on Zoom if they're being annoying. I mean, really, that's the way we should we should go. Move. Yeah. I mean, some of it's ridiculous, but I mean, there's a reason. I mean, I don't go to the movie theaters a lot. They're, it's probably good for some films, but I don't know. It's What's the last film I saw in the theaters? I think Joker. Yeah, what is the last little Gene Q trivia? Let me try and think of mine now. I haven't seen one here. Joker was not that great in Joker? the films. <laughs> I mean, in the theater. Uh, did I see anything back in Cleveland? No. I don't know. One of the Star Wars movies, I guess. That's a long time ago. I know. I saw Interstellar like five years ago in Shanghai. That was pretty nuts. That was a good movie. We saw Incredibles 2 together when that came out. Oh, yeah. You were fucking late. Yeah. <laughs> You were just in there. We found I was just you, in there because I was already like five minutes late, and I got in there, and I was like, "Fuck!" It was already dark. I didn't like you can't see anyone anymore, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And you I feel don't know so weird is. walking around in a dark movie theater, yeah, like you're trying to trying find to somewhere see where your friend is. I think that was, and I also didn't have. That's when I didn't have data. Like I was, I had like the. Oh yeah, Shanghai we only can message you on Wi-Fi. Yeah, Wi-Fi, and I'm like in the dark trying to find my friends. And I, was, I felt real bad until I realized you guys just got there later than me. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I think we waited too. We we're like, well, Quinn's not here yet, and he hasn't said anything. <laughs> I'm walked by. We're gonna go in. We asked the people. We're like, can we check if our friends in there? And then they let us check to see if you oh, were in yes. there. And then we were like, oh, cool. One second, we have to buy our <laughs> ticket. <laughs> uh, what are we? What are we up to next week, Grant? It's on the agenda. What are we up to? That's a good question. Um, we're gonna roll the dice. Roll the dice for the IMDb the top two fifty. Is that 
Yes, IMDb top two fifty. We rolled the dice for this one. We got number eight, I believe, unless it's changed. I don't believe so because no movies have come out. Um, well, ours is Frozen. Is that what you mean? No, the Pulp Fiction was eight. Yes. When we is it still eight on our Frozen list? On our Frozen list, it's eight. Yes. Yes. All right. You ready? Ready. Some drum roll action. Fifty. 86. Six. <laughs> okay. Oh, Grant's favorite. Oh, wait. Let oh, me see wait, it. wait for it. Toy Story. Toy Story. I saw this film. <laughs> saw it on an airplane. <laughs> saw it on I'm going under. <laughs> You're going under already. Like you literally just saw it on a. I a, saw it like two months ago. Shit, I without guess. Without saying too much, I was just like. Wow. wow, this movie aged horribly. Hour <laughs> twenty one minutes. I haven't seen. This I'll thing watch it again. Years and years. Toy Story. I'll watch it's it. Maybe I wasn't drunk enough. It's got to be better than Toy Story four. <laughs> no, I don't think, dude. It aged. It aged so bad. This animation, like it aged really badly. Really, it looks bad. Yeah, you're like this looks bad. It does not look good. Shit, I'll have to watch it. That reminds me that I was in. I, I, shit, long story short, I was in uh, one of the, my girlfriend's USC classes, there was some guest lecture, and the professor was talking about, I think Pixar, or Walt Disney, or, is this Pixar? It's Pixar, it's the jumping guy at the beginning. Jumping guy, and that's, the whole reason they are toys is because they couldn't animate hair. Like the, yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of clever stuff they did. Like at the time, that was crazy animation. Yeah, but we're so spoiled these days. Yeah, we got. I lots mean, of hair you look now. at it, you're like, wow. Like I can play live time. Like any video game, like on my computer, is better than this, and I get to control it. Like this is not good. <laughs> All right, I'm. <laughs> I'm excited to watch this. I, I, yeah. uh, we, I didn't maybe like the we'll... story either. I was just all of it. What if I I fall in love with Toy Story? I don't even remember what happens in this movie either, but it's a classic. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I did not remember the story at all. At all. Yeah. I did not remember the story at all. There's a snake in my boot. Okay. All right. Next week, Pulp. No, not Pulp Fiction. That's the other 1995 four movie. Toy Story. Rated G. Hour and 21 minutes. Um, Did you know Once Upon a Time in America? I know that's what Tarantino based his title off of. I never it's a three-hour and forty-nine-minute film. I didn't. I didn't know that epic crime drama. Mm. That's longer than The Irishman, Bruh, These people need to chill. They just—I don't even know how you can like making a movie also involves a lot of money, and you got to convince some executive that. You need that three hours and 45, 49 minutes. Trust me. People want a four-hour movie. People need They want to go in at 4 p.m. and get out (laughs) at 9.30. Their day will be gone because they will watch your movie. Because if it's a bust, like, that's so much uh, money for, I don't know. Oh, but this guy on Google Audience Review says he'd call this movie a near masterpiece. Oh, that falls short. Toy Story or Once Upon a Time in America? Uh, not Toy Story, Once Upon a Time in America. 
Toy Story. Oh, I didn't do the synopsis. We got to do the synopsis. Okay, so I just shot on it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I don't listen to my, my biasness. He, he, he didn't do it in the beginning. He didn't do it at the end. He's lazy. Capital L. In the meantime, you so can check out our new story. site, gqreview.com. Check it out. .com. We are making it. Um, all right. Toy Story is a 1995 American computer animated buddy comedy film. Produced by Pixar Studios and released by Walt Disney Pictures. Uh, taking place in a world where the anthropomorphic toys come to life when humans are not present. The plot focuses on the relationship between an old-fashioned pull-string cowboy doll named Woody and an astronaut action figure, Buzz Lightyear, as they evolve from rivals competing for the affections of their owner, Andy Davis, to friends who work together to be reunited with him after being separated from him. Wow, sounds... sounds uh heartwarming sounds sounds beautiful <laughs> yeah it's it's something all right well uh until next time grant until next time thank you guys for listening um if you want to reach out to us please send us an email our way at gq podcast review at gmail.com um, or uh, reach out to us on our social media platforms, Instagram or Twitter, with the handle at GQ Review. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace. And end it. <laughs>